On the 24-7 Sports Network, my name is Nathan King, joined by our crew today of Christian Clemente, Mark Murphy, and Jason Caldwell, because we are finally back at football practice. Football is back on the plains in February, which feels weird to say. Uh, Mark and Jason, I know y'all have, y'all said that, you know, they used to do it this early sometimes. It's certainly the earliest I've ever been, uh, I've ever been back on the practice field for spring ball, but at the end of the day, it is uh, February 27th and spring practice has started for Auburn under Hugh Freeze got on the practice field for the first time today as usual we were given about a 20 minute or so viewing period and we'll get into a little bit of what we observed in there um, but Jason just overall you know it's finally time for and, and you you asked and you talked to Hugh Freeze about this in the press conference today but um, finally time for him to get his eyes on some football because he has been doing a lot of things with the Auburn job that have not involved any football or at least don't involve football with this team currently when you're talking about recruiting. So, uh, you know, finally, maybe here in the next couple of weeks, he'll get a chance to say, you know, oh, here's what I think of our left tackle you know, competition. Oh, here's what I think of our linebackers, because heading into today, he didn't really know. And so, uh, you know, it's an opportunity for him and the rest of the staff to to finally get their hands on these guys and uh, and work with them on the field. Yeah. You know, I, I think it was um, it's good to see. I mean, because you, you think you know what you got. And I mean, still won't know for weeks and maybe months exactly what you got, but you start to get a feel for them when you start to see them actually do something football related. Now they don't have full pads on, um, but you can start to see if a guy, you know, if an offensive lineman, if he can bend, if he can bend his knees and not bend at the waist, you can start to see, um, you know, if guys can run, um, throw and catch, just this, this things you have to do, you start to see some of those things. And, you know, you freeze talked about, you know, kind of the quarterbacks, for example, said, hey, there's some good, there's some bad. But that's the case throughout the entire roster. That's what you expect. And so I thought he really handled it really well because he talked more about the process of, hey, I just want the guys to learn how to practice, how how we do things. And um, it's been a couple of years for them since they've done that. And a lot of these guys weren't part of Gus Malzahn you know, when they, they did the tempo practice and they did some of those things, but I got a feeling that it's it's even more amped up than it was even at the late stages of Gus Malzahn at Auburn. Those practices that, that we saw weren't like they were in 2013 and 2014 and 15. They were Those were tempo-based practices, and they're going back to some of those things. And so uh, it challenges you. And, and it, it, thinking about that today – made me think of something that Butch Thompson told me about in terms of baseball and thinking about how quickly you have to process things. Like, you know, they now have a pitch clock in baseball and, you know, 20 seconds in between pitches. And he's talking about having a young pitching staff, having to process things so quickly. You got to get ready and throw the next pitch and, and, and you get yourself in a hurry and, and you can't, all of a sudden, it feels like the walls are closing in. And he was talking about that today, going, hey, they blow the horn, and you're like, where do I go next? And, and it kind of reminded me of the same thing, going, there's there's things you have to be able to do to get to the next step. And today was the first part of that. And um, I think it probably went pretty good for him. Uh, he, he seemed like he was pretty upbeat about effort and, man, didn't do these things so long, Mark. That's the, 
that's the buzzword that you hear about in the spring, especially early on, is that E-word and its effort. Right. And, uh, you know, I, the thing about this uh, installation is I don't think it's like, yeah, they got a lot to do, but I don't think they're expecting to come out of spring practice anywhere close to a polished football team, anywhere close to being set on starting lineups. And uh, I think we might see some more transfers in to the mix before uh, preseason practice starts in, in August. And, uh, but I think there's a lot of valuation to be done because, uh, you know, they got some idea because a couple holdover coaches from the previous staff, but I think the new coaches want to make their own evaluations on, you know, whether or not anybody deserves to, to uh, get some playing time. And one of the more interesting things I thought he said after practice tonight, guys, was that, uh, hey, we're not, we're, we're not giving one guy more reps at a, a certain position. Everybody's getting equal reps. And, uh, yeah, that certainly got my attention. And, you know, if I was a guy who I thought had been underplayed the last year or two on the roster, I'd be absolutely thrilled and doing everything in my power to take advantage of the opportunity right now. So, uh, you know, something else that really stood out to me too was like, what a beautiful facility those guys have uh, to work out in. They've got everything just set up perfectly. They got the training room right next to the football practice field. The locker rooms are right there. Uh, got a little setup. They had food and drink there right next to the, uh, uh, the field. So if, Somebody needs something during the practice through there. The indoor facility is right 100 yards, right next to two outdoor 100-yard practice fields. And uh, so, you know, it's really nice. I've been around for a while, and I remember um, uh, practice fields that weren't really so nice at all. And, you know, Jason remembers watching Auburn practice in preseason over the intramural fields um, when Tommy Tuberville was here. And, those at, things were pretty rough. At five o'clock in the morning, at five o'clock in the morning, I remember being out there, and uh, you know, the only people that were out there were a few of us crazy folks, and uh, and and the players, and and rugged, rough practice fields. Yes, it's it's quite different. And Nathan, something you mentioned too about it being so early, it was something that Tommy Toverville actually liked to do because he said, "Look, if I get a guy hurt, it gives me maybe an extra." few weeks of time for a guy to maybe heal on the back end of things. And so that was his thought process on, on doing some of those things, but having spring break was always the drawback spring break in between is a drawback. And it's going to be a drawback for this team because you're going to practice three times, have a week off, come back and really almost have to refresh your course. And Nathan, you asked him about, and he talked about today having a scrimmage, basically almost practice six, some, some sort of scrimmage that's going to, you know, going to be probably very limited in what they're going to be able to get done in, in, in to get ready for that first one. Yeah. Freeze has touched on it a few times, just, you know, whether it's in passing with us over the past few weeks when we were kind of talking to him in the lead up to spring. Um, he said it probably for one more time, probably won't probably, probably won't mention it again, but he said, yeah, you know, maybe next year we'll, We'll uh, we'll do this thing a little bit differently because he didn't he didn't have much control over any of this so he uh, not frustrated is probably the wrong word but uh, you know he's probably like yeah you know I didn't have that much time to myself but uh, that's okay we'll get it figured out there and uh, there in year two yeah I mean we walked to the practice field today and you're 
you know, walking through just the opening stages of that facility. Um, and it's just incredible. Uh, we talked to Freeze on the podcast last week about how much he's looking forward to, um, you know, using the practical elements of it, like that practice field that, like Mark mentioned, has everything just sort of attached to it right there off to the side. Um, because that place, obviously, it is so much more than just, uh, you know, the theme park that they show off to recruits. It obviously has a lot more utility to it. Um, Christian, as as you like to do at these practices, you know, wandering around and getting videos, it seemed like you were able to get every single position group. Um, pretty much today we had about 20 minutes or so, you know, it, I don't, I don't think there were anybody, there was anybody that really like where they were lining up or, or in what rotation it was really overly surprising. Like as free said today, you know, there's no depth chart right now. Like Mark said, everybody's going to get the same reps at the same time. Like naturally the players who are more experienced players who are starters are going to get those first reps, which don't really matter that much at the moment, but didn't, didn't seem like that much of a surprise in terms of, uh, in terms of wherever you looked on the field, in terms of where guys were lining up? No, it wasn't really a surprise at all. And Freeze said they were doing um, not split reps, but whatever. Um, I'm trying to remember how he described it, but they had two guys going on the field at every spot at every time. So two quarterbacks were throwing to two receivers at the same time. Um, defensive linemen, they had two guys going, two linebackers going, two cornerbacks going, whatever, just to kind of maximize the opportunity and practice time for those guys. Um, you know, in terms of my takeaway, you know, I wasn't necessarily trying to look at players quite as much just because you can't get a whole lot of that out of the sprint, first sprint practice. I was keeping an eye on kind of some of the new staff members, just kind of how they fit in. Um, and, you know, one of the interesting ones to me was Jeremy Garrett, new defensive line coach. Seemed like he was pretty hands-on there with the defensive linemen. Um, you know, he had that experience coaching, <clears throat> excuse me, in the NFL with the Cleveland Browns as an assistant defensive line coach. And Jason, you were watching the defensive line for a little while there as well. Looked like he was pretty hands-on there. Um, Josh Aldridge was a very vocal guy. You could hear him across the field. And obviously, I think as a surprise to nobody, you could hear Coach Crime from anywhere on the field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You could hear Crime. And I, the, the one that, that was interesting to me was watching Ron Roberts because he, he's a defensive, defensive coordinator for this team, but as we've – We've learned he's also going to coach that position. He's going to coach that jack position, that that outside linebacker, edge rusher. So the coordinator is going to have his hands on players. And guys, something we we heard Hugh Freeze talk about today is is not having to do that as the head coach because of the guys he's hired, because of the guys on the staff that he trusts coaching quarterbacks. He's going to be able to to move around, and he did that a lot today because we were talking about us like it was hard for me to find a photo of Hugh Freeze because um, maybe we were, we were counterclockwise from each other or something because every time I made a move, he wasn't where I was taking photos, but he, he is trying to be all over the place. It's probably going to take some getting used to for him. He's used to being around those quarterbacks a lot. He'll probably gravitate back there eventually. I'm sure. But um, Mark, you ask him about the staff, about chemistry. And he said, chemistry is it you can see it building with these guys already. Yeah, there was a few of the folks who came with him from Liberty and guys who worked with him previously, but there was a lot of uh, new faces to freeze on this staff. And, uh, you know, they're putting in a new defensive system, a new offensive system. Um, they wanted to make sure they got their terminology down. And, you know, he made the point, we want to be able to speak with one voice uh, on what we're demanding of the players. And uh, I think that's been a 
something they probably spent a many hours on the last three or four weeks because they didn't have much time to do it prior to the uh, the signing periods because as we, you guys know very well they desperately needed to fix this roster through recruiting and they made some major steps forward so that was job one <clears throat> job two was uh, getting to know the players getting to know each other on the coaching staff and job three is installing offensive, defensive, and special team systems this spring. So that's the point they're at now. But I don't think they're uh, certainly finished with jobs one or jobs two. Uh, they've still got work to do in that area. And, and he certainly confirmed that, even talking about, you know, being out there recruiting while he's coaching. Yeah, I'll touch on that real quick with, with you, Christian. That's what you wrote about tonight, um, sort of tying in the quarterback situation because that's what that's what it's where that quote came up from him saying you know I, was, I'm not, I don't know if he meant today or if he, he did that like he took a phone call or if he or if he meant you know that he'll have the opportunity to do so um but it's that you know it's that quarterback brain trust that we've been talking about for the offseason so far of Ken Austin who's been a quarterback's coach and an offensive coordinator at at Liberty now is is your head you know quality control analyst at at that position um, also something interesting, you know, Freeze talking about that rule that maybe they can pass to get those kinds of guys on the field, um, you know, at different times in terms of coaching on the field, how big would that be um, as well? But yeah, you know, like Mark mentioned earlier, Christian, you know, some good and some bad from the quarterbacks today, you and I were standing over there where, uh, you know, Robbie Ashford's throwing some darts. And then also, you know, there's a, there's a couple overthrows, you know, it's, it's, it's a group that Freeze knows needs a lot of work. He has not shied away from that fact at all this uh this offseason and he certainly won't once spring practices start i would imagine as he works with this group even more he'll he'll continue to be honest about how much work they need yeah to touch on the recruiting thing real quick i mean i was sitting next to jason in the front row we nudged each other as soon as you know free said it he said uh his exact quote was you know with philip montgomery and with some of those other guys he said that's given me freedom to recruit like crazy get on the phone, get on, um, talk with some of the top guys at practice and just put extra effort into that. Um, and, you know, I think that's huge. And I, I think that means a lot to some guys if, you know, Cam Coleman or whoever calls him and he says, hey, man, I'm at practice right now, but let's talk for a little bit. Um, and, you know, we just saw Cam Coleman at the Under Armour camp. And he said, look, I'm talking to Hugh Freeze on my way home, on my drive back. Sterling Dixon, that four-star edge or linebacker um, committed to Alabama said, Look, I talked to Hugh Freeze the most. I think, I think that's something we've seen pretty consistently with the staff. Is Hugh Freeze is going to get his hands dirty? You know, a lot of times the head coach is the closer. The head coach is involved a little bit, but then comes in really to kind of seal the deal there at the end. Hugh Freeze knows that Auburn doesn't have that luxury, especially with this 2024 class. So he's getting his hands dirty right now in February to get these kids on campus um, and get them there for March visits and April visits. Um, and try and get this class kind of going. Yeah, yeah. I think you think about sometimes as you know, kind of like a recruiting staff being like a body, and you go, man, the arms and legs are are the assistants, and then you know the head coach is kind of the head and the brains of the operation, and, and kind of fin. Hugh Freeze is pinky toe, big toe. I mean, he is he is everywhere on the ground right now, and um, this staff is doing a good job too. But he, you're you're right. He's absolutely involved in the day-to-day recruitment of these guys. 
and it's so much different than it has been the last two years, I think it's making a, a profound impact because these are the same kids that in, in 2024, these guys have already been recruited by Auburn. Cam Coleman's already been recruited by Auburn. These, a lot of these guys have already been hearing from Auburn, but to hear from the head coach when they weren't hearing from the head coach before is uh, it's making a big impact. And um, yeah, to do that, I guarantee it has not been done. And Brian Harson was not taking phone calls from recruits on practice field. It wasn't happening. And now you're getting those things done and, you know, we'll see how much of an impact it has, but um, it shows you, you got a guy in there now that understands 100% how important that part is. And that's it. That's the key. Yeah, absolutely. Nathan, to touch on your quarterback part, um, you know, I watched them for probably two minutes. I was trying to bounce around between every every position group. Long couple of days here. Um, But the quarterbacks, you know, it was kind of what you would expect out of this group, um, I think. You know, there were some really good throws and some pretty bad throws, in all honesty. Um, You know, Hugh even said that afterward. Now, granted, it's the first spring practice, and especially when you're looking at a guy like Robbie Ashford, this isn't necessarily where he's going to shine. Um, he's not going to shine in practice in those drills, but this is you know these next 14 practices that they have left is Hugh's opportunity to see, you know if you think Robbie Ashford is going to be the guy, can you mold him? Can he be more accurate? Can he get better by the end of spring to where you don't feel the panic that, where you have to get a starter? out of the transfer portal um, after spring practice. And, you know, Holden Gurner or TJ Finley um, could step up in the spring as well. But you know, this is this is their time to kind of not lock down the starting quarterback spot, but this will determine for them kind of do they need to go get a starter or do they need to go get a Grant Loy out of the transfer portal? You know, what do they need after the spring? Um, and after today, I don't want to really take too much away from it, but it was hit or miss today. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I been saying this whole time that they're they're not going to name a starter and people have been wondering about this this quarterback competition i'm like well it is a competition but it's just a competition that will hold over to august and i think you're exactly right i think depending on what it looks like in two and a half three weeks you get towards the first week of april do you i, I think we're in in agreement, they're probably going to end up bringing somebody in because I, I, it just it just doesn't feel like, you know, if TJ Finley's the guy, it it, it feels like it's going to be hard pressed to think he still would be here in the fall. So you, from a number standpoint, you might need another veteran anyway. Um, but um, I think you look at it and and you're you're right. Can you do you need to go get somebody that competes for a starting job? You might find that guy anyway, and if you do, even if you you go, hey, we're in pretty good shape. If that guy pops up and you find him, then you're probably going to bring him in anyway. And so um, the more the merrier, the bigger the competition you can find. And so, yeah, it's this this spring is about figuring out, okay, do we need to go get another guy here? Do we need another offensive lineman, which Hugh Freeze has consistently said. Um, I think there's some other positions that you feel like are in pretty good shape. Mark, we talked about defensive secondary. There's a bunch of guys back there. I mean, that's that's a deep, deep part of this team, and still some guys yet to be on campus that that'll be joining them, you know, this summer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, between uh, Zach Etheridge and uh, Coach Crime, well, they've got lots of uh, bodies to work with. A lot of guys who started games for Auburn, and uh, they're at least too deep at every position uh, back there, all five spots, and I think three deep at several others. And as you mentioned, they got talent in the pipeline on the way too. So, uh, uh, you know, Maybe if they can come up with a way to play six defensive backs a lot, that might be exactly what they need because they got the personnel to do that, I think. You know, even though there's a lot of experience back, there's some guys in the secondary that need to take another step forward in pass coverage because, you know, the SEC um, has become such a throwing-oriented league and uh, not enough pass interceptions last year. I think that was – one of the big reasons the team had a losing record, just not enough takeaways. And, uh, you know, Ron Roberts and the rest of the defensive staff, they need to do something about that. And, uh, you know, this is putting in the basics to make those big plays happen in the fall right now. Yeah, whenever you go, what was it? They went the first three full games without a takeaway, right? Because they didn't have a – Derek Hall's interception against Missouri was their first of the season. And it didn't come from a guy in the secondary. So, yeah, as – as good as that group was at times last year, that's a good point, Mark. That's something they need to you have to improve on. Um, quick note about the secondary, though, is you know the Jalen Simpson question. I think was um, something that, and we'll, and we'll talk to Zach Etheridge tomorrow. By the way, as we record this on um, Monday, and so you know that that's sort of something um, you know Mark and Jason when we were doing our depth chart previews, like that's something we were all kind of talking about. Was like that that question mark will answer other things when you decide what you want to do with him. Um, but on day one of practice, he's working with the safeties and he just excelled there at the end of last season. Um, his injuries to Kaufman and Puckett that, that allowed him to play there the last four games of the season, I believe the numbers were two interceptions and five pass breakups for him um, over the last four games of the season. And overall just looked natural. I think that's something you've said before, Jason, like just kind of, just kind of looked a little bit more natural for him um, than cornerback, or you can have him be your number three corner and continue to play a lot of snaps or he can do a little bit of both. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that develops over the course of, uh, over the course of camp. Of course it was only the first day. Jason just wanted to t- also touch on the offensive line real quick, because that is something um, that's going to get a lot of attention because of their, not only did they bring in three transfers, but they're three really good transfers. And as of today, all three of those guys were working with quote, the first group up as, as you're talking about drills. Um, but also, you know, seeing Tate Johnson get some, get some burn there. Um, at left guard, you know, you saw two tall Miller there um, in the backup right tackle spot. So figuring out where you where you want to place some of these guys who can maybe play a couple different positions. But at the same time, you feel like those three transfers, um, at least from what we saw today, and what we know about what they accomplished at their previous schools are, are going to make a pretty big impact for you. 
Yeah, and there's there's probably going to be more experimentation on the offensive line than maybe anywhere on this entire roster in the spring um, because that that's a, a position group that lends itself to to movement anyway in a normal year. This is not a normal year because you got so many new faces, new coaching staff, new system, new everything. And so they're going to probably move guys all over the place before it's done. We may walk, we may go out there the next time we get a viewing window and it may, it may be four different players at different positions. Um, so I could see that happening. I think, you know, one of the things you look at is, is the newcomer group, especially those older veteran guys, you know, Dylan Wade's a guy that we saw early on when they started workouts, walking around with a, with a boot on a little bit here or there. And, and that's normal when guys are back working out for the first time and, sore and some of those things so those they're kind of make sure hey we want to make sure these guys are ready to go when they get on the practice field and so he was moving around looking good today um you know gunner britain is is bigger now and got that weight back that he that he lost at west kentucky looks really good avery jones in the middle is a good looking player um and so there are lots of pieces out there we saw you know, you're right there, and you think about it. Jaleel Irvin's a guy that can play center or guard. Tate Johnson is a guy that can play center or guard. Um, so you have some of those things. Connor Lou, working at center, could also play guard. A good look, a good looking true freshman on that line. And again, Isaiah Miller, too tall, is is what it's supposed to look like. Um, how will that transition, and will he be will he play that way when when the lights come on? Uh, but but Colby Smith, Garner Langlow, those are two big body tackles that that'll you know have a chance to go in here and compete in the spring too so um from a number standpoint um man you, you snap your fingers you know last from and go back to to last october and uh could not imagine that offensive line group looking like this on the first day of the spring and so um <laughs> the heck of a job to get it here and now we'll see if these guys are good enough and have enough depth to compete, but they've given themselves a chance and an opportunity with the guys they brought in. Yeah, for sure. And like uh, like Mark was talking about in the depth chart story, um, you know, Xavier Miller is somebody, I mean, somebody that shouldn't be forgotten about when you're looking at these transfers, number two offensive tackle in the country in terms of the JUCO ranks. You know, he like you talked about, Jason, you're going to try these guys at different spots. He might be a guy that ends up, ends up just being too too good to keep off the field, or, or maybe he can work in at a guard spot. Um, there's a ton of options, though, and there's a ton of different combinations um, that they can work with. One more thing that we'll we'll hit on, actually. Um, something interesting that Freeze talked about today, Mark, you you were talking about, you know, in this, you know, in the SEC, you have to have such good, uh, you know, such good coverage in the secondary against the, the talent they have at wide receiver um, across the league. Freeze was sort of talking about the antithesis of that, Today, you know, he's asked about the size Auburn has at receiver. That was something that was on full display today. Obviously, Cam Brown is out there. Obviously, Auburn expects big things out of him in year two. Uh, Nick Mardner is listed at 6'5", 6'6". That is a very tall human being out there. And then, obviously, Landon King is uh, is back at receiver. But, you know, Freeze was asked about the size he's had. He said, yeah, you know, if you've if you followed my track record, he just thinks that's that's absolutely vital especially in the SEC, um, because there's no way around it. He said you have to have a catch radius. You can't hide that. Um, that's not something you can teach. And he said, you know, in the in the SEC, they're way too good in the secondary. You're going to be going up against way too many elite cornerbacks and, and safeties to expect to get that kind of separation every play. And so, you know, we saw some of that today. Um, we saw them obviously get some work in there. We saw Mardner and, and Camden Brown are going to be, I think, competing for – 
that outside receiver spot. But then obviously Landon King gets to gets to lock down their receiver as well after after flip flopping a few times. Yeah, Landon King's dropped about 10 pounds. And, uh, you know, he was a guy when he first got here with was trying to gain weight. Now he's obviously trying to lose weight so he can play wide receiver. I'm curious to see how that works out. Definitely got a lot of guys at tight end, and most of those guys are pretty big. Uh, it's interesting, the uh, Brandon Frazier and the new roster we got this evening uh, measures in at 6'7", 271 pounds. I know Jason's mentioned a time or two to that maybe he needs to take a look at offensive tackle. He's a, getting about offensive tackle size now, Jason. He's a big, he's a big guy, but he still looks thin. That, and that's the thing about him is, you know, he's he's so far down the road that you know I think he's he's one of those guys you mentioned, and we could run down a list of about a dozen guys that that you start talking about a hey, opportunity, hey, my opportunity to finally get on the field and finally to do something and maybe not have a preconceived notion. Brandon Frazier is one of those guys, and this is a this is a coaching staff that wants to use a tight end. Rivaldo Fairweather comes in and. He looks good. Um, it's strange seeing number 13 on a tight end, but, it, you know, it's a little different there. But, um, you know, that group has, has got some interesting possibilities. I mentioned Garner Langlow and Colby Smith on the offensive line, a couple of guys like that. Think about, you know, uh, Anissi Sledge on the defensive line, a guy like that. I mean, he's a guy that has an opportunity now to jump in there. And, you know, there's a bunch of the wide receivers. We, we've heard, you know, in, in how they fit in, um, you know, how, you know, and how, how important is that? Is that a deal breaker for, you know, a guy like Jay Fair, who's not a long guy? You know, you don't have to be tall to still be long. Javarius Johnson's a guy that's got fairly long arms and, you know, kind of Tavares Dawson does too a little bit. Um, how, how, how impactful is that? Um, you know, well, those are things I have to find out if you're the best playmaker, and, you know, it's going to be hard to keep you off the field if, even if you're not 6'4". I mean, those are things they're going to have to – they had to find out throughout the spring, but yeah, opportunity is going to be there, and and there's there's enough guys on this roster to to create some of that competition in the spring. One of those receivers I'm really looking forward to seeing how he develops with the new coaching staff is Camden Brown, because every time I watched him last year, I was thinking like, why is he not a bigger part of the offense? Why aren't they throwing the ball to? Him? He's six three. He's tough. He's about two hundred pounds. He catches everything he's supposed to catch and catches passes that are not really on target. So um, he's a guy that I think we could see emerge this spring and really become a key part of the offense in 2023 guys. There's always that guy on each side of the ball from as you know, past four or five years of, of covering spring and preseason football practices. You always have the breakout guy. Um, you always have the, the leader on both sides of the ball. So, Maybe it could be somebody like him where, like like you were saying, Mark, maybe he takes a you know even more steps forward to where we're saying, you know, how did he not get yet get thrown the ball? I think, yeah, the the Arkansas game, it was like because that was the that was the big game where he had um a lot of playing time down the stretch. He only caught like one less pass than he was targeted on. Um so when they threw him the ball, it was it was usually very successful. And also he has now changed numbers to an incredible wide receiver number, number four. So he's uh you know, he's he's destined for greatness there in, in that spot. Well, um guys we're at, at about a half hour now um so i think we'll we might might go ahead and call it there thanks for putting that on the bottom there christian um i hope everybody enjoyed the coverage of today um it was fun to get back out there on the on the practice field and get back in football mode 
um, a little bit. Just I don't, I don't know how much we've touched on this, but they're going to practice every mon- Monday, Wednesday, and, and Friday. That that should not change um, for the rest of camp. But next week is spring break, so like Jason mentioned, you're kind of you're getting a break already. You wonder how much you know, of a reset it's going to have to be when they when they come back. Um, that first scrimmage, like Jason said as well, will be practice number six. Um, so there'll be that'll kind of be a good uh, you know stoppage point to kind of take take stock of everything and then move on. And then it obviously all ends with the A Day game on April eighth. So thank you guys so much for listening today. We're going to be uh, up there next couple days. Like I mentioned, we talked to Zach Etheridge and uh, Josh Aldridge tomorrow, the linebackers coach chatting with both of them about their respective position groups. Um, they'll be talking to some players on Wednesday. And so we'll have another podcast later this week talking a little bit more about spring practice. So you guys can expect two or three episodes a week to be focused on uh, on spring football. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys enjoyed it, five-star review. It's the number one thing that helps us out. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, South, on Instagram. Until the next episode, we'll catch you guys later. Everybody have a great rest of the week. Talk to you all soon. <laughs>